Hey everybody! Yeah! Wow! <laughs> I wasn't even prepared. That's like how Cause you I was even, that's kind of everybody. Because I feel like yeah, rock your body. I yeah, everybody, oh, 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 oh. rock your body right through. Boom boom boom! Go back street, back alright. In sync all day though. <laughs> okay, so hey y'all, <laughs> we're back with another episode. We're back right? with another episode. You would think with the way we started, it's a happy episode, but it's not. It's really it's not. not. It's not. It's actually a bit of a, a heavy to- topic, uh, which yeah. apparently seems to be our forte. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're back with <laughs> episode fine, thirteen, though. third episode in the season. Mm-hmm. Number 13, though, and I'm super excited because, as they know, 13 is my favorite number. She's so extra. I'm not extra. Like, not extra. Not, I didn't do all that for episode five. Like, right. We ain't get to 19 yet, but well, I ain't going to do it for 19. Well, 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 Ooh. I did it for my favorite number, right. 13. Hannah, right. Hannah. All right, bro. Um, this week's topic, sorry, there are people moving. Like, there's like a moving truck. <laughs> Um, this week's topic is actually on grief and depression. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. I'm just trying to figure out. Really that, are you making fun? No, no I'm, I'm not. not. It's I'm an not. added <laughs> effect. It's yeah. an added effect. It's like, if we did sound effects, that's where that sound effect would be. To be okay. honest, though, I'm just going to say I don't like sound effects on podcasts. Me either. I actually don't like it. Yeah. Like, I, there's a podcast that I listen to and they do that. And I'm like, Ugh. Like, it's not... Like it's radio. That's mm-hmm. radio based. I know that podcasts are similar, but no. Yeah, there's there's kind of a difference between the two. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, we're straying away from the topic. Yes, yeah. our topic today is grief and depression. It is a heavy and sad topic, and uh, although we have to kind of get into our feelings to talk about everything that we're going to discuss, I guess we wanted to start the episode with a little bit of a flare, a yeah. little bit of a hypeness. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. So, I actually have the first question for you guys, and it's, is there a, or do you guys feel like there is a timestamp for the grieving process? FYI, mm-hmm. um, all three of us are no stranger to grief, mm-hmm. and I don't think all th- any of us are stranger to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of us have experienced it in different ways, so that's just a little bit of information for everybody, mm-hmm. but do you think... Um, with your own personal experiences and maybe people that you're close with, do you yeah. think that there is a timestamp for grief? I or for the not. grieving process. Sorry, no, you're fine. I do not. Um, I do not think. I don't subscribe to the whole. There's a timestamp. There's a time that you're supposed to be coming back mm-hmm. and being your regular self, right? Because there is no time that you're going to be your regular self after a moment of grief. I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's like something that like you went to a show and it was a sad show, but you leave in and you bounce it, back. You're back to no. Right. I right. think there's a moment where you like bounce back to your full self, right? Like yes, you can function and kind of carry on in a sense, but I don't think that there should be a timestamp or that there is a timestamp right. to when you grieve. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm still I'm still dealing with it, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Right. What about you, Mary? Um I agree. I do not feel like there is there should be 
a timestamp on grief. Mm-hmm. Um, however, dealing with grief myself and people who are close to me that have dealt with grief, I do believe that there is a certain time when your loved one should kind of step in and help you carry the grief, so to speak. Okay. Like mm-hmm. there, there's grieving for yourself and mm-hmm. that's very important, mm-hmm. but also being able to share, I don't want to say share the grief, but share that burden with someone else mm-hmm. is helpful yeah. in getting through it as well. Oh. So I do feel like there is a time when someone else should kind of step in so you don't spiral. You know okay. what I mean? Because okay. it's very easy to spiral. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so like I said, mm-hmm. I understand that there's a a certain time period where you need to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. But there is also a time when I feel like your loved ones should step in and with you as well. Right. Okay. When that time is, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But just so you don't get stuck in that in that kind of in that mindset, in, in that in that minute so mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. i feel like loved ones also have a responsibility to step in at a certain time mm-hmm. okay i i, I agree see where you're coming from that yeah that, I mean. um i'll say this because it's not that i don't agree i do completely agree now especially um for myself mm-hmm. but i will not be a hypocrite and not say that for me i think i think i had lost prior to I would say 2016 I had lost one person that was very significant to me mm-hmm. and when that person had passed um I was very very upset I was very angry but it was around when I was a teenager so there's all of those like teenage angst and all that that comes with it but I don't think I felt the same way not I don't think I did not feel the same way mm-hmm. as how I felt when my dad passed mm-hmm. and I think for me when it came to people passing, especially my family, um, I was sort of able to bounce back in, in that way where it yeah. was like when an aunt had passed that I loved and an uncle had passed and my grandfather had passed, like it hurt me, mm-hmm. but there was a bounce back that I had. Like I was back to being Kim again. Right. With my dad, I was very much so, I'm still very much so not that Kim anymore. Right. And I I personally feel like there shouldn't be a timestamp on the grieving process at all with who, with whoever passes mm-hmm. but i know that sometimes i put myself in this state where i'm like okay it's now coming up to three years you shouldn't still be feeling this way which i know makes no sense right but it's my it's like it's this whole like me trying to get back to what i used to be right and that's what i'm i feel like i'm i'm now understanding that i'm constantly chasing mm-hmm. so i completely agree with you guys in that there shouldn't be a timestamp grief is grief um the grieving process is not a stage yeah. it's not staging mm-hmm. it's literally just motions that you're going through mm-hmm. um and you need to deal with it yep however way you can deal with it but i can't be a hypocrite and say that i've always felt that way mm-hmm. in my head I felt like with certain family members or certain people, there was always a bounce back for me. Right. That always felt like was natural with life. Yeah. Until my dad passed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I also have something to add to that. You guys kind of both touched on it, saying that you're not the same people um, after experiencing a major loss. When people that we care about 
pass away or something catastrophic happens to mm-hmm. them, yeah, they take a piece of us with them. Yeah. Mm. So the more impact that said person had on your life, the bigger the chunk right. they take with them. Right. So to say that you're trying to get back to who you were before, yeah. in a sense, you never will be that yeah. person again. Right. And I think it's understanding that, that not so much um, will help you to get over it, but it puts you on the right path. Right. Like, it's okay that I'm not happy-go-lucky and bubbly and all, you know, all these right, things. Yeah. So not to say that you won't be again, right. but it's okay that I'm not this person anymore right. because now this experience has taught me something else. Yeah, that is a valid point. That's a valid point. I also mm-hmm. want to touch on the fact that Kim said uh, that grief is not in stages. It's like mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah. I think it was kind of taught to me. I can't speak for everybody here, but like that it's like steps like, oh, yeah. you're going to be angry first and then yeah. you'll be sad and then mm-hmm. you'll get better. Yeah. Like there's, or even denial. Like yeah, I feel the like, five stages of grief. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it, it can't be stages or steps because I went through all of it and then I went through like a shuffle mode of mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say it's just stages. Yeah. yeah. It's like waves. Yeah. It's more like waves because it's 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 onset, you know it's coming to a certain degree. Right. But yeah. the the level and the detriment that it can be you're not aware of until right. it hits. Mm-hmm. That is Do you know so what I mean? True. And that's why it's like I've always had an issue with the whole five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Because it was just like my grief did not go in the direct stages that you pinpointed. Like I right, didn't right. immediately hit denial and then was angry yeah. and then was accepting yeah. and acceptance. Right. And like I didn't hit those in mm-hmm. the same way. Right. And so I don't I don't really subscribe to that notion. I know that on the psychological side, a lot of people that's what they say. Mm-hmm. But I've never just subscribed to it because everything to me felt like waves. Yeah. It was just kind of like this wave is here, that wave is there. I'll probably surf through that wave, but not now. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. I feel I, like that was sorry. No, you're fine. I feel like that was that worked against me into my detriment after my mom passed mm-hmm. in 2015. Yeah. Like I thought, okay, I accepted it. Now I'll be better. Now I'll be back to my real self and I can continue. Mm-hmm. And now in 2019, I'm still dealing with my mom. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's 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 gonna be yeah. it's it's like it's it's a lot that goes into it outside of somebody writing down some steps. And right. say like this is what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. right? And not including the fact that it can be a cycle that continues for years, for yeah. years and years to come until yeah. you're like, until you accept really, you Fully. know, who you are now mm-hmm. and work towards functioning in that state. I think, yeah. right? Um, for me, I've accepted who I am after a major loss. Mm-hmm. I still have not accepted that person passing. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think I ever will. And I get that. Because I, I feel like it's just, it. on so many levels, it wasn't fair. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to happen. So I will never accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Do I accept who I am now and I have to live life? Yes. Am I still angry? Hell yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I completely, and this happened like 2012. Yeah. So to be in 2019, like you said, just to trying to put like a time, quote unquote, time, time stamp, stamp yeah. on it. It's... It's been how many years? Right. And yeah. I'm still just like, you know, I'm I'm not deep in it as much as I was before. Right. Yeah. But I'm still angry. Yeah. And I still have not accepted. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a process that we have to kind of fight through in a sense. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you don't fight through it, you can stay in it. Yeah. Like, yep. Very true. 
completely true yeah. actually and i and i think the milestones like you hit certain milestones Ugh. and you're like damn this person should have been here and yeah. then you almost don't want to hit certain milestones at all because it's like this person said they were going to be there like if i'm if i'm to be frank mm-hmm. and to be completely honest mm-hmm. this is why marriage is not in my head mm. do you know what i mean yeah that it changed him leaving, like in a sense, sometimes I say leaving. Him passing mm-hmm. changed everything. It yeah. changed my entire trajectory. Like everything about me has now shifted in a way where I'm like, I don't want to get married and have a wedding, and he's right. not at the wedding mm-hmm. because yeah. my. And what is weird about that is that I think a year prior to, mm-hmm. I remember I was at like IKEA with my aunt, and I was just like, you know, my dad. For those of you that don't know, my dad, um, since I was 10 years old, he was blind. Mm -hmm. He had surgery. The surgery didn't really help him. And he just, he was legally blind for a while until he completely lost his sight. And so I remember I was at Ikea and I was talking to my aunt and I'm like, imagine like if I get married, the last time my dad saw me was Mm -hmm. when I was 10 years old. So he doesn't get to see me like in a wedding dress, like, you know, like, and I felt sad about that. And then, and then he passed and it was just like. I would have wanted you here at least. Like right. you know what I mean? Like I and so marriage for me is just kind of off the table in a way. Mm-hmm. And like kids for me is kind of off the table because of that. Because yeah. in my head it was like my kids will have their grandfather, not to say my mother won't be a great grandmother, but my, mm-hmm. my kids would have their grandfather, they could hang around and all of that stuff, like all of the things that I had had in my head mm-hmm. has now been taken away from me in a yeah. sense. And and so then it's not a punishment to me. It's kind of like a punishment to, and I, I'm going to be honest, to God. I'm like, forget mm-hmm. you yeah. because you took him away. So you don't get to get my kids and you don't get to, I don't have to be married. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like that weirdness that comes with it. That it's like, it's really, it yep. takes something from you. Mm-hmm. It really does. And it's hard to even, like, I'm surprised I'm not crying. Cause usually I cry when I think about it, but mm-hmm. it is, it's that, it's that weirdness. It's like, that timestamp, like how can you grieve for only a certain amount of years yeah you know what i mean you cannot the general consensus on it is you cannot put a timestamp on it right there's just no way to put a timestamp on it yeah not at all and for anyone that tries to put a timestamp on it you are truly wicked yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Really and, and there's a special that, that place. There's a special over. place in hell for you, right? Anyone yeah. that tries to get over it mm-hmm. and not like fully go through it, mm-hmm. it's to your detriment. Yeah. I'm gonna say that straight out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and trust like, me. if you lose someone, please take that time. Yeah, because yeah, to go through the the, the motions. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, because it can take you out. Mm-hmm. Like, and real, I'm gonna tell you this right now from personal experience: don't don't live in the numb for too long. Yeah. yeah, because being That's ex- that was exactly my point. Living in the numb, mm-hmm. your but I learned that my body will react for me, mm-hmm. and my body has reacted for me mm-hmm. because <laughs> I spent I spent an entire year of just like yeah, like I could easily say to someone yeah, my dad passed, and it almost came off as if I didn't care, and yeah. it wasn't that I didn't care; it was just kind of like yeah, it's there. Like I know that he's not here anymore. It is what it is, kind mm-hmm. of right. And my body was like, oh yeah. Here's a panic attack for you. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, here's an anxiety attack. Oh yeah, here's some hives. Mm-hmm. You're gonna break out in hives. Highest like a key. all of those things. Like my body was just like shutting itself down, and mm-hmm. it's just like since you don't want to do it, I'm gonna do it for you. Right. And I had to learn the hard, the hard way. way. 
Mm-hmm. Now, speaking about like the effects of grief. Yeah. Do you think that grief and depression overlap? Like, do you think it kind of causes each other? But or do you think if you're going through grief, you automatically have to go through, through depression? depression? Like, well, what are your what are your thoughts? So. My thoughts on this are grief and depression are two separate things. Okay. Um, however, combined together, they can be very deadly. Mm-hmm. For sure. For me personally, I can grieve, but I'm not depressed. Okay. I feel like when Kim was saying, if you allow yourself to live in the numb mm-hmm. for too long, that's when the depression starts to overlap the grief and they start to come together right and then it makes it that much harder to deal with even one yet alone now you have to deal with two Mm -hmm. really hard things to deal with Mm -hmm. grief and depression so i feel like that's where it's really important for me like i said we're having loved ones step in at that point Mm -hmm. because i feel like at that point your loved ones can kind of sense where it's about to overlap Mm -hmm. it's getting to that overlapping phase and now I need someone to throw me a lifeline because if I allow myself to sit in both of these I will not recover yeah not to say that I can't in the future but I'm now going to be a completely different person right completely like to whereas my loved ones don't even recognize me anymore so that's why um uh, especially when Kim's dad passed, I used to call him daddy too. Yeah. I was grieving as well. And I had to al- allow myself to grieve, but I also, in a way, still had to be strong. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't have a whole full-blown crying session with Kim. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then now we're both going down this path yeah. and neither one of us are really helping each other. But I also knew that she had to get through this. Yeah. And she had to go through these motions. Mm-hmm. But if I saw a point where it's like, okay, this is getting a little dark. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, let's go for a ride. Yeah. Or, you know, let's let's go do something or let's go drinking or something. Right. It was anything to kind of throw a monkey wrench in what I saw was happening. Right, right, right. Um, sure. And I, I can't stress this enough. Having people that are close to you, that understand you and understand this and still allow you to grieve and mm-hmm. not make you feel bad about it mm. is everything. Yeah. But also those people need to be highly alert when they start to see signs of depression. Right. Because like I said, that's a whole nother ball, ball game. game. Yeah, I'm it is. Serious. It really is. Um, I do think... I do agree with you to the extent of I don't think they I don't think they are um, not that they're not complimentary I don't think if you hand. they do go hand in hand in that they can come like they, they you can coexist with both mm-hmm. or they both can coexist with each other mm-hmm. but I don't think grief automatically leads to depression yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't vice versa like if you were yeah. depressed and then it somebody passes yep. like, you don't I think it it simply just depends. Mm-hmm. I had lost a good amount of people within the 10 to 15 years prior to 2016 mm-hmm. and into now like 2019 mm-hmm. where there are people that have passed 
past 2016 that it's affected me but i don't allow myself to get so caught up into those feelings yeah mm-hmm. i didn't experience real depression until my dad passed mm-hmm. but i had been fighting depression for so many years mm-hmm. where it was like i didn't want i always felt like i was on the brink mm-hmm. like i could get to the brink of depression and i would be like no 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 and yeah. would just just be like nope nope you can't be depressed you don't have time for it right and and with this with him passing it was like well now you ain't got no damn choice yeah now you ain't got no damn choice and it's just what it's it's gonna be and you're gonna have to get through it that's it and i do feel like they don't they can overlap but they don't necessarily always overlap Mm -hmm. i think you can grieve and not be depressed right but there's also grief and depression and to that part yes um, always be mindful of your friends and your close family members mm-hmm. and, and understanding that this could be a sign mm-hmm. because there's a quote from this poetry book that I love that's like my, my silence screams the loudest mm. and for me that's a big part of who I am mm-hmm. I don't like to show these real emotions to anyone and I don't like to display it. So then I get really silent about things. Yeah. And then I know, uh, I'll say like my motions, my, my, whenever I'm moving or how I move or if my, like, if I'm not talking, I know that those are signs for everyone else. Yeah. But for me, that's my thing. It's like, if I'm that in it, I'm not going to talk. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to reach out to you and say, Hey, I'm depressed. Hey, I'm starting to feel that wave. I'm not going to do it for me. It's just, I'll just spiral by myself mm-hmm. and just spiral and spiral and spiral and, and hopefully get out of it. I've been lucky enough to get out of these spirals mm-hmm. on my own, but it is something that I know I personally do and I need to work on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do, I talked a lot. I was just basically, <laughs> You're fine. You're good. I was basically saying that I do feel like they do overlap. I don't think that it's necessary. Like yeah. it's not like you're grieving, so you're depressed. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like you can be depressed. One is not an automatic onset of yeah. the other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I my definitely agree a hundred and ten percent with what you both said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why I was still interested in that one question. Mm-hmm. But I want to see how you guys really felt about it. Um by losing both of my parents I can say that um I definitely experienced grief differently for both of them Mm -hmm. I think for my mom I definitely went into the deepest set of depression that I've experienced in my whole life Mm -hmm. um I think to a certain extent um with what Mary was saying with how family members stepping in like yes I had family members there Mm -hmm. but I wasn't being honest with them Mm -hmm. I was kind of trying to take it on by myself Mm -hmm. and it's my mother like I get to feel how I want to feel right and I get to be angry I get to be sad Mm -hmm. I get to think about this by myself because I'm not gonna bring anybody else down with me Mm -hmm. nobody knows how I feel she was my mother you know yeah and I I took a bad turn and I stayed there for way too long Mm -hmm. as she's I can say and um part of it did have to do with my dad because he allowed me to be in that moment he allowed me to work it out by myself yeah. like yes he was there but um if anyone knows my father you know how he is he he's a man of few words right yeah. so he wasn't always like well tell me how you feel right uh, like mm-hmm. in the beginning yeah but in those moments where I needed him like you know those late night thoughts and waking up and yeah. you're just like emotional it's all over you yeah. he allowed me to be by myself to kind of stew instead yeah. of like 
you know, I'll just you help you work it out of it. Yeah. yeah. So I think it definitely was important for him. Um, I think um, as much as it was a surprise, yeah, I was more prepared, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew where where I needed to like kind of reach out to certain people. Yeah. And I relied heavily on my cousin mm-hmm. for a lot of it. And mm-hmm. you know, my friends as well. Um, I don't think like you guys are saying, I don't think they overlap. Yeah. But I think if you don't manage your grief properly, the pressure can take you lower. Right. Yep. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Depression is exactly what it sounds like. It takes you, takes you it, down. Man, it pulls you into. You can be head deep in dirt in your with grief yeah. you know and your head is still not buried depression but will depression come in will A-town stomp on that. right listen yes thank listen. you it will to stomp the point where, all the way down. Right. to the point where you're looking at yourself like what is happening like what like and, and I feel like for me that's what like a lot of my when I'm in that depressed state and uh-huh. I know I'm depressed like I'm mm. cognizant of that and I'm like, why? What is happening? Yep. Like, what is happening? And I'm like, I'm literally like saying to myself, what is happening? Mm-hmm. It's the worst when you physically look at yourself. You're and you're like, like, oh, sweetie. Oh, you depressed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, it's like sis. <laughs> like, did girl. you read your Bible? Like, right. Like, what's, <laughs> are nah. you okay? The worst is like when you get a whiff of yourself. It's like, come on, girl, get your ass in the shower. Let's, Listen, let's go. I'm like, done. now. <laughs> Now it's been two days. You have to go bathe. I was just okay? gonna say that my mother has impeccable timing because she would call me while we're talking about this. Because <laughs> I like I hear the ringtone. I'm like, that's my mom's ringtone. Why is she calling me? I'm so done. <laughs> I'll call you later, mama. Later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but definitely, it's something that has to be. It has to be checked. Yeah. Both of them. You like you said, Nia. You need to. You need to know the signs. You yeah. need to know the signs, and if one is not fully being taken care of, you cannot take care of the other. Yeah, yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely at all. Okay, ladies. So we talked about grief having a timestamp. We also talked about um, depression. depression and grief overlapping. Right. Now, I want to know what are the signs that you guys have that tell you depression is sneaking its way in? Oh, personally? Personally, yes. Mm. Ooh. Um, so for me, if I am okay with staying indoors, for like a week straight mm-hmm. like I don't feel the need to go outside um, at all not mm-hmm. even like outside of the fact that I like work but if it's like if I have a time period where I'm not because I freelance so if I don't have to go to a, a destination right um, my first indicator is that I don't I don't leave the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the first thing that I'll notice so it's like if I notice like I'm not saying like oh let me just go outside to to like sit down or like oh let me just go drive real quick just to because I'm not doing any of that if I'm just staying inside right that's the first sign for me the second is if I can't get out of bed 
because mm-hmm. I naturally can get myself out of bed and I ha- we have an office here in our apartment so mm-hmm. I'm usually in the office all day mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm working at home if I'm not working at home then then I'm where I am you right that's the second time if I can't get out of bed okay um I general generally don't have an issue with like I would say showering. I know, like, I'll have a, like, there'll be a day where I'm like, I'm just gonna not. It's late at the night anyway. Right. Just shower tomorrow. But that wasn't, like, that wasn't a huge indicator for Mm -hmm. me. It's just, those are the two things. Like, if I don't feel like I need to go outside and I can't, and I really cannot get out of bed, Mm -hmm. then I know depression is rearing its ugly head Mm -hmm. for me. Those are usually my signs. And it usually comes around um, specific moments and memories mm-hmm. so if like my dad's birthday i know that's gonna be a wave mm-hmm. um because of how his sickness his illness kind of um went it was a very fast illness he started not feeling well in january and then he passed late of this month mm-hmm. certain moments that i'm remembering will will trigger something like i don't like the month of june because I don't like the month of June and I honestly don't like the month of July because it, it those were when like that was when Everything things was, was just and, and it was going and then he he went mm-hmm. and then it was like two weeks before my birthday so and and the funeral was gonna be the weekend after my birthday like my birthday was this day and then that Sunday we were burying him mm-hmm. and I was just like I just don't like those periods of time mm-hmm. and those periods of time I definitely know <clears throat> that it's gonna be a problem like right. I, I almost prepare myself to understand like you're gonna go through it it's gonna happen like you're you'll be fine just just go with the motions but those are like the time like i have days like if i'm looking at the calendar i'm like why do i feel this way uh. <laughs> like, and i and but i i like knowing like yeah. i like if i'm starting to feel some type of way i can pinpoint it mm-hmm. i don't like not being able to pinpoint, to pinpoint and it. i know a lot of people when they go through their own situations they can't pinpoint it just kind of just comes and they just have to go mm-hmm. i can now see where it's coming from i'm like oh it's this oh. mm-hmm. and you know like and just go through it and, mm-hmm. and i'm very vocal in that i'll tell like especially you guys especially mm-hmm. moving to atlanta i've been very vocal about saying like if i see off this is why Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like this is what's making me a little off and i figured it out yeah so that's that's my personal take that was a lot of talking it really wasn't though i feel like you think that it always feels like she's but it's not it's really not yeah um for me three top things that i know that i'm like going down again Mm -hmm. is like him can't get out of bed but i'll sleeping mm-hmm. and I, I sleep a lot I, I like sleep a lot mm-hmm. but if I'm like sleeping till like 12 1 2 o'clock in the afternoon I know like something's going on mm-hmm. um, secondly uh, <coughs> if I'm extra emotional mm-hmm. like the little <coughs> things would get me to cry like like a, an argument or something or <coughs> like if I don't know if I try to put the garbage in the bag or something, it and won't go something in. goes. I'm just like, like I'm I'm one of yeah. those, and mm-hmm. I just like drop everything, like walk away. Um, and then the third, what was the third one? Oh man, <sighs> sorry. You're dead. Are you? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Are so you dying I was, right now? I was drinking my water. Are you dying right I now? was. I was drinking my water, no. and then I hit 
and then that hick made me choke, but I had water, so I was like, <clears throat> and I heard it all. Me too, and I, I saw that before uh, my eyes. And I heard but, and I'm, I'm so good, like, uh huh, Nia. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. We're, no, no, no. We've been off lately on this. Yeah. Nia was over here dying. I said, me and Kim still We're talking. Like, yeah. She's like, like and I'm over here dying. Right. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't dying. I'm okay. It was just like, I was like, Ugh. Sorry, guys. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. And uh, my third, like, clue that um, things are getting bad. Mm-hmm. I'm overall more of a pessimistic person rather than uh what's the opposite again optimistic, optimistic. yeah mm-hmm. see that's how you know I'm, I'm not really very optimistic <laughs> i don't remember the opposite um <laughs> but once my thoughts get really dark mm-hmm. i i know that something's like brewing mm-hmm. yeah um where i can't like be positive about certain things yeah. i know that it's 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 coming yeah. in the sense. Yeah. Like a dark cloud just like kinda hanging over me. I yeah. can definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. Um it yeah, it's it's it sneaks its way in. Yeah. There's something else that I didn't say Go ahead. that I'm fearful of saying, but um I'm a pessimistic optimist. That's mm-hmm. what I like to consider myself. I can be very pessimistic in my head, that's me being realistic, but it's also being pessimistic. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my pessimistic optimism turns into slight mania. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if I notice that I'm getting a little bit too much, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're getting a little manic. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Like, and, and that for me is when I'm like, oh, I have this idea, I have that idea. And it's like, everything's bo- bo- bouncing out. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very deathly afraid of mania. Mm-hmm. I've seen it firsthand. And in seeing that firsthand, I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. Like we try to stay care. there. So, like, I didn't, I didn't mention that. That's all I wanted to say. Continue. Sorry. No, no, no. That's it. Those are my top Those are three. three indicators. Yeah, that things about it's about to go down. Your depression sucks. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, it sucks. Like, I can't even not say what I'll say that. Like, mm-hmm. like fuck, yeah. it sucks. Like, it's yeah. big it's sucks big time. It's so crazy because depression wasn't something that I ever dealt with until recently yeah um i for the most part have always been a very happy person Mm -hmm. and it could be fire and brimstone outside Mm -hmm. i'll still have my moments when i'm like a little sad yeah but i never was depressed right Mm -hmm. um knowing that i'm depressed actually comes in four stages for me yeah and the first one it's withdrawing from people that I love um, that I'm talking to or maybe just friends it'll be I just cut people off without Mm -hmm. an explanation and the explanation to myself is I just need a moment Mm -hmm. but I never give them a chance or a a warning Mm -hmm. it's just like I don't really want to talk to you anymore so i'm just gonna stop responding yeah um the second sign for me is my hair okay so usually i wash my hair um once a week if i have a if i have a styling it's every two weeks if i don't have any styling it's usually once a week If I don't have any styling and I'm approaching that third week and mm-hmm. I have not washed my hair, mm-hmm. it's a flag for me. Okay. I, if I'm talking about washing my hair and I have yet to wash my hair, 
it's a flag for me mm-hmm. because I'm usually very on top of my hair because I have a very dry hair type. So I'm very on top of it. I usually right. like to keep it clean and moisturized. Right. <clears throat> um, the third thing for me, and now this is the point where it's a cry for help, is showering. Okay. I take showers every day. Yeah. I'm a shower every day kind of person. If I go to the second day and I have not showered, it's a problem. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't sweat a lot. Right. I'm not a profuse person, and obviously between those times, I'll like take a whole bath. Right. Like I'll wash you my could armpit. Just say bird bath. Whole bath. She always <laughs> has to say whole bath. Look, like, like, I'm gonna take a whole bath. Take a whole bath. Bird bath. Right. Okay. But there is a whole bath. A bird bath. Like I wash my private parts in my armpit. Right. Um, but to say I'm actually having water come over me. Right. This is a cry for help. Yeah. The fourth one where I've completely lost it, my emotions are not in check. Okay. I cannot control my emotions. I'm not a crier. I cry when I'm angry. Yeah. But if I just start like I get really emotional, it's over. It's oh it's over. Like I'm I'm there and I'm in there. So I'm not crying now because of that. I'm just saying, like, just talking about this is such a heavy topic. Yeah. And to bear that all on mic is a lot. It's a lot. Because yeah. people, especially in minority communities, don't talk about depression enough. They do not yeah. at all. And being a Caribbean on top of being right. in a minority like they feel like community, speaking it's even about worse. Your mental health. Speaking about mental health is not a thing in Caribbean communities. Right. It's not a thing. It's, not. it's like, and go it read your Bible, go drink some tea. Go read a book. Go outside. Jeez, Sunshine. Go Vitamin like D is a natural antidepressant. And it helps, but it's like, that's not what I need, though. That That's not what I need. Yeah. So. And, um, yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I'm saying that is, like, I feel like... I feel like it's said that, like, mental health is not taken so seriously <clears throat> in Caribbean families. And I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think because my family is basically medicine, like my grandmother is a nurse, my mom, she's social work. I consider social work to be a part of human For sure. medicine. Mm-hmm. And then my um, my aunt, she's a doctor. Everyone is aware of mental health. Um, my aunt, my uncle's wife, she majored in psychology. They're aware of mental health. Mm-hmm. I think it's the application with my family that I struggle with the most. It's that they understand that it's it's important. Um, and I never felt, I never felt like I couldn't be all of these emotions and waves and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like they, I feel like they put a timestamp on me. Mm, and I okay. also felt like they might have encouraged me to do grief counseling and I was a bit hesitant because I was. I, I can admit it. I don't like I didn't like counseling at that point. Yeah. Um but I think the perception the thing that I have a problem with with Caribbean households is that they take things at face value a lot of the times to avoid yeah talking about stuff. About things. For so sure. for me <clears throat> you as you both know i don't like i don't when in this okay how do i say this when my dad passed right Mm -hmm. i used to as a kid i used to like feel like i had to prepare for like my grandmother passing you know what i mean and i jesus christ and oh my god don't do that and the idea of my dad passing was a fear of mine 
right? Like I had that fear when I went away to school. I was like, if I leave him, I almost didn't leave New York because of it. And so when it happened, I expected to kind of like do what all those movies show, like where you'd like drop out, you 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 faint, all of the stuff that that they did. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. My mom came. She told me. Immediately, it was just like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? And I was, I wasn't throughout the whole process of dealing with the funeral and all of the arrangements and all of that. I didn't really break down in front of my family. I didn't cry in front of my family. I maybe broke down once in mm-hmm. front of them, but I didn't cry. I wasn't crying. I wasn't sitting in bed all day. I wasn't like the, all of the things that I think everybody expected me to do. I didn't do, but my right. mom did. She was distraught. And so I took on the role of being in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. With that, then people mm-hmm. just thought, oh, you're so strong mm-hmm. and you have to be. And then it was a demand of you need to be strong for your mom. Yeah. You got to be strong for your brother. You're just so because you are so strong. And I would get angry because I'm like, do you think of me as a heartless person? I am not strong. Mm-hmm. He's gone. And I have to somehow live in this world that he doesn't exist in. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't see me bawling my eyes out, like my mom, and I love my mom, but my mom, every every chance she got, she was crying in a sense of like, she couldn't deal with it. It was yeah. like, even just saying that my dad's name, she'd be in tears. I wasn't that person because I just, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But my family took on this idea of, you're so strong. And it almost in a way snuffed out my grieving process Mm -hmm. and it took grieving from me Mm -hmm. because I didn't show it to them until like the final like the finality of it all where it was like he was it was the funeral and then it was the burial then Mm -hmm. it was like boom and even that it threw my grieving process I was always like you're okay because you're strong because you gotta be strong because that's what everybody says Mm -hmm. like do you know what I mean and I think for my family that was my biggest issue it was like everybody saw this and just took it as it's okay she's fine she's strong as if i don't feel right and i have a problem with that with caribbean households stop one stop forcing strength on kids Mm. stop forcing strength on people who have the right to be sad Mm -hmm. you have the right to be sad and you can be sad in any way you want stop that shit of you have to be this you have to be that i don't have to be a goddamn thing right do you get me and if you think that that's okay it's not okay and it it really tampers on you because i literally was just in my head like i have to be this way Mm -hmm. everybody says i have to be this way so i have to be this way no matter how much i don't want to be i have to be and it's not fair and i get so annoyed and i like even with us like crying is a problem for all of us because it's a sign of weakness to us. Right. And that's not something that we just picked up. All three of us didn't just pick up that idea mm-hmm. of crying is weak. It's something that to a certain degree we've been taught. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like our family has made it seem like we have to always have a good face. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't have a good face, then you're weak. How does that work? How am I going to have a good face in the sense of, of, of this? Like in the face of this, how am I going to have a good face for that? Like mm-hmm. that. And that is my problem. I think for me, I never felt it in the way of like not talking. I felt it in the way of like perception. There right. was always a perception that was put 
on people in my family when things like this happened. And then there's a whole not talking to, there's a part of it, but we talked. It's just a lot of it was perception for me. And I just want that to stop because it's not just about not talking. Mm-hmm. Stop putting these these kind of pressures on people. It's not fair. Yep. You know what I mean? Like we're all human and we're all gonna feel. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. For sure. Sorry. For sure. I went okay. off. You're good. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I went off. Yeah, get is, it out. This is a this is a, a very taboo topic. Yeah. It is. That a lot of people I mean nowadays in this day and age people are talking about it more. Yeah. Uh but still for a lot of us millennials, we still have not had an outlet to talk about it right so it's normal to talk about now but yet some of us still don't have that outlet to get it out right and um unfortunately although now i'm very happy that it's it's become front and stage and it's important and now everybody is being honest with themselves and saying you know i do suffer from depression or Mm -hmm. i have these moments or stuff like that i do appreciate that but my fear of it all is also that it becomes commercialized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's like everyone is all of a sudden depressed. Because as you're, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about like all these different kinds of depression medication that cause other illnesses yeah. Yeah. that don't have anything to do with depression. Like right. some of these depression medications can cause schizophrenia. Right. And all of these other manic um, mental disabilities. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes you kind of fearful to say that you're depressed because then people are like, you're afraid that people are going to judge you or think that you need medication or anything like that. It's like, no, sometimes I just need a change of scenery and a talk. Right. right. (laughs) Like, that's it. The worst thing is like when you actually reach out, you're like, yeah, I feel a little bit depressed. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel like you're gonna hurt yourself? Right. That is not the first option. <sighs> right. That's me <laughs> actually coming to you and saying that, hey, I just need help. I just mm-hmm. need somebody to listen to me. Right. And you're automatically thinking that the reason I'm coming to you is because I'm gonna hurt myself. Right. Uh, For the love of Christ, people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, just stop. We need to change our the narrative. Whole, yeah. The whole narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The narrative. And as parents, I feel like they it needs to be emphasized that your child can have help. They can mm-hmm. get help. Mm-hmm. And by them getting help, they're not broken. Right. right? They're not, they're not like a nutcase or anything. Right. Like they just want help. Yeah. Please, for the love of Christ, anybody that's a parent, allow your child to have help. If they ask for it, mm-hmm. or if you see signs, let them get help. Because yeah. this stuff festers and it manifests itself in different areas right and it just and it will affect them it will for the rest them. of their life yeah quite literally so i'm and counseling i feel like there's this because there's a whole thing about there's a stigma with um therapists so even if you're just doing like family counseling mm-hmm. or like if you just have to start there you know what i mean like if because i know counseling sounds like a bet like i went to grief counseling mm-hmm. so i like saying counselor mm-hmm. versus therapist mm-hmm. um not for any stigma or anything it's just a me thing i just mm-hmm. don't like therapists it's yeah just not my thing yeah so even if like that's a way to start like put like if you see the signs or if you if your your child comes to you and it's just like xyz 
it is okay that they feel that way. Mm-hmm. One, h- hormones is real shit. Mm-hmm. And you're getting, ho- like, you're becoming hormonal at a very, very young age. Yeah. Like, we have different things going on within our bodies that are going to change us. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if maybe this change is not, is causing a chemical imbalance. Do right. you know what I mean? It's yep. okay for that, honestly. It's like, I'm very grateful for my little boobie shmoobie, Ezra, <laughs> because he's, Four. He's gonna be five this month. Oh my god! In ten days, actually, he's going to be five. Oh my god! Um, but he already, and I don't know where this comes from, but I'm so happy that he does it. He won't be sad, but he'll just come to me, mommy. Can we talk? And I'm like, absolutely. What do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And it won't be anything serious. Right. It'll be like, like the other day, he said, I want to talk about business, and I was floored because my four year old <laughs> wants to talk about business. But it's the mere fact that he comes to me and says, mommy, can we talk? Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's already in tune with how he feels. And I try my hardest not to stifle um, him expressing his emotion. Even though it can come off as rude Mm -hmm. to us Mm -hmm. as adults Mm -hmm. or to other adults, it comes off as rude. But I try my hardest not to stifle it. I also try my hardest to nip it in the bud. But I still let him express that he's angry mm-hmm. or he's sad about whatever it may be. Yeah. So I just feel like having those open lines of communication are so important. Right. And for the most part growing up, I did have those open lines of communication. I was able to talk to someone. Right. Um, I wasn't able to talk to everybody right. because a lot of the people that I was around had that, oh, you know, that's not anything right. or right. anything like that. But I was able to express myself a lot. And yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I honestly feel like it's such a good thing when a child feels comfortable enough to go to a parent or just someone, you know, above them mm-hmm. yeah, to express that. But I also feel like it is in for people to educate themselves on the signs Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. and to know what to look for and to be able to evaluate things to be like okay Sally isn't acting the way that she usually does Mm -hmm. right maybe Sally needs to talk to somebody and just pull Sally aside and be like hey are you okay Mm -hmm. because sometimes you might not know that you're actually going through this thing mm-hmm. yeah. and you need someone to just step in and be that guide or that light to right. help you to reach you. the end of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I just think that's so imperative. Mm-hmm. That's real. Um, I think we talked a lot about, you know, um, our, our emotions and, and, and honestly, we also said what we should be, what should be done. <laughs> um, but I, I just, want to kind of not really really reiterate but just ask what or how can you know we as as now we're adults oh my god (laughs) um understanding what these feelings are Mm -hmm. and how we are sometimes cognizantly or consciously and unconsciously expressing them how do we work through these emotions like what is the best way outside of just even counseling and therapy which we've talked about what do you guys think is the best way for you and maybe potentially like your kids and for me it is talking to people Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't do it every day, mm-hmm. but when I feel like I've had enough yeah. and I can't hold it anymore, then I will yeah. talk to people. Okay. 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 Yeah. I think that is that is very good for me personally. Um, I don't know. It might seem a little childish, but mm-hmm. I really don't care. Um, I, I create my own space. I create a space where I feel like extremely comfortable yeah um so that that, huh that's not childish at all like like, in my head i feel like once i said it it was gonna be like oh she creates a fort in the living room like no 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 even if it's a fort it's still not childish right right like i feel a space like whether that be like playing like a bunch of songs that bring me to like a happy face for me gospel is always like that medium for me where it's like it's a a sound space, like yeah. a safe space mm-hmm. for me. It brings me back to happy moments. Those California people, no shade, but those California people have a sound bath. That's what it's called. A they sound have a, bath? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it's you a, just sit and it's like, ding, ding. yeah, they basically send sound waves, but it's oh. like it's a meditation space and the only noise that is there are vibrations okay. in yeah. your body. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, and a little sound bath. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, when like, I, I first saw it, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what the fuck is this? No, seriously. That's why like those California people. Right. But then you think about when you go get a massage and you're laying down and that's exactly what's happening. It's also sound therapy, I guess yeah. you can say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go so, ahead. Sorry, sure. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. You're fine. It actually puts a name on it for me. Mm-hmm. I create a space with music. I put on like my most comfiest clothes and socks and I get like socks. <laughs> Listen, right. you're the only one that don't very like socks, comfy, okay? okay? Especially the I fuzzy ones. And I get like a book or sometimes even a scripture that is like really comforting. Mm-hmm. I kind of resonate on that. Like I'll say it back to myself like a few times and I'll try to just kind of clear my mind because what happens with me a lot is that I'm okay, I'm not. A dirty person but I cannot I don't I'm not always the neatest person I should say mm-hmm. yeah so my mind gets cluttered as well and mm-hmm. I guess that's how why it manifests its, itself mm-hmm. in my room mm-hmm. or like my areas sometimes <coughs> excuse me I'm about to die um I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to die as she continues <laughs> <All right. laughs> um I, I feel like that is a major reason why sometimes my room gets the way it does because mm-hmm. my mind gets really cluttered yeah. so once i have that safe space i try to declutter things and i work through things yeah and i think about my feelings well this made me feel this way why is it making me feel this way and mm-hmm. not that way why is it going to an unhealthy side instead of the healthy side right. what can i do to change it from the unhealthy side to the healthy, to the healthy side mm-hmm. right and keep my mind at peace like what brings me peace and i try to do that usually like when I wake up right I try to get into that moment because that way my day does not follow it is behind funny. that dark cloud you right. know I try to stay above the dark cloud right yeah, that was really yeah. long no it wasn't no it wasn't it wasn't okay so um I definitely get it I get where both of you guys are coming from I um it's weird. I think for me, um, I have a very bad habit. It's a defense mechanism, actually, where I, I don't like to deal with whatever I'm dealing with. 
and instead would like to pour into everybody else in, mm-hmm. in the sense of like I would like to just dive into your problems mm-hmm. and help you work through your problems and not have to work through mine so that's where the whole idea of um, my silence screams the loudest mm-hmm. comes in um, for me though what I do is I read <laughs> <laughs> okay okay and for me it's an escape it's a form of, of, of ex- escape but i will still have the emotions that that i'm dealing with mm-hmm. but i get to just leave them for a minute for a minute um and then i'll come back and i'll try to write it out mm-hmm. um i'll even write scenarios um in that like i'll turn them into a story mm-hmm. and that for me is like my best way of dealing. Um, when I know that I have to just deal, I shut myself in. So I'll like put myself in my room, I'll just lay down in my bed and I'll just be. And I'll just cry a lot mm-hmm. of the times because I finally feel safe enough to cry. To do it. I'll cry. Um, And it sounds weird saying this because of the religion and the background that we come from, Mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll talk to him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's the thing that I miss the most. Mm -hmm. That's not Um, weird at all. I'll talk to him. I, I, a lot of times I feel like, and one of the things I learned was that regret and guilt will, is common to be like the first emotions that you feel because that's what I always feel Mm -hmm. so a lot of times I start off with like saying I'm sorry and then I'll just talk like if I'm upset about something that I'm dealing with now I'll kind of just talk Um, if it's just the idea of him just not being here Mm -hmm. I'll talk and that's like and sometimes like when I say talk it's not like I'm sitting in my room going like okay dad so la 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 but it's more like like it's in like I'm I'm saying it out loud, but it's like a whisper. You know right. what I mean? And and sometimes I sometimes I write it down. Um, but because my dad was blind, it's kinda like it doesn't work for me. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, like I know people like there's a book that I wanna recommend to everyone, um, where the format for her grieving process was emails. She would send emails to her beloved that passed. Mm. Um and just kind of let everything out okay and and that i feel like was a really good idea but my dad did not have an email address and and he was and he was also blind so he couldn't like he couldn't read that stuff so it doesn't work for me you know what i mean like it's like that part wouldn't work like i would try to do it and like in a realistic sense yeah Yeah. like my dad could not see this though somebody's gonna listen to this and be like that's not funny but (laughs) but like it's low-key yeah right Mm -hmm. like so for me that's that's what i have done and Mm -hmm. i do um i want to get better at reaching out and then i have a bad habit of not allowing people Mm -hmm. to um to be with me Mm -hmm. um and i need to learn to stop doing that where Mm -hmm. it's like i'll reach out (laughs) mary has an attitude (laughs) i'll reach out um and then if I'm not too fond of your response, I'll just kind of like just disappear. Mm-hmm. And I need to not do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like if I'm reaching out, Say I'm reaching out. Right. Right. I, I know. They give me a slice. Right. I'm the whole pie. 
I'm working. I'm working on doing that, though. I really am. So the book recommendation that I really do have for you guys is a book called Love You Like the Sky, Surviving. Technically, it's it's once you hear the title, it's technically towards this audience, but it's Surviving the Suicide of a Beloved. And that was written by Dr. Sarah Neustadter. I am not going to say your last name well. <laughs> uh, she has her Ph.D., Um, And essentially she opens up about her journey of losing her, um, at the time it was her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. to suicide. And all of the emotions that she felt, uh, she split the book up into three sections. And I think those sections are really great. Mm -hmm. Um, And the format of the book is email. So you're you're getting a lot of her personal journey. Mm -hmm. And then she will end each each section with like this thing called the map. Mm -hmm. And it's like, these are the things that you can do to help you if you Mm. feel like you're in this section Mm -hmm. of the journey of the grieving process Mm -hmm. and i read through the entire book and i am not (laughs) because she wrote this over 10 years her beloved had passed in like 2008 Mm -hmm. and i am not where she is i would say Mm -hmm. but i have a lot more hope for the future because of reading her 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 journey mm-hmm. and i definitely recommend it i do i will say that the the book is really targeted to those people who have lost someone to suicide i am no stranger to losing someone to suicide but mm-hmm. for the reason that i would read the book was more so for my dad's passing right and mm-hmm. he did not commit suicide but i think it's also helpful to those of us who are grieving yeah um and there's a lot of good um sound bites and, and tidbits that i in quotes that i really appreciated from her and it felt like a companion and that's one of those things like i like books that don't feel like a book and Mm. it feels like you're with your friend and you're talking to your friend and your friend is being open and honest and you're being open and honest about Mm. the situation so if you guys out there who have dealt with this um or dealing with this and you feel like you don't really have anywhere to turn i think this book is a really good book Mm -hmm. so that's my two cents (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're more like 50 cent. I'm nah. like, nah. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, guys, guess what? It's hot topic. Okay. Mary okay. left me hanging, so I'm going to do my I myself. wasn't okay. even going to. Kev is here by yourself. Kev is here by yourself. Do that jingle with you. <laughs> it's time for our hot topic. You and Mia are the harmonizer. Whatever, okay. whatever. Because Mary <laughs> trying to act like I didn't sing with her for how many years? Yeah, but you know now I have a shower voice. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's it's a difference. I done I'm lost done. what God gave me. It is gone. Hush your mouth. Hush your done. mouth. I'm done. But it is time. It for is time for our hot topic. topic. Unfortunately, this topic isn't very happy no. or positive. Um, Makes my it's still boil. dealing with depression and mm-hmm. to certain grief yeah for the families um we wanted to just speak i've been okay i personally have been noticing a lot more suicides in the in the news mm-hmm. from younger people from young children right younger children i'm just yeah. younger people younger children yeah um the two that have really like been highlighted for me is one uh maya viscarondo Yes. Am I saying that? You Bronxians? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really Hispanic name, and it I don't want to butcher Latin. it. So, yes. um, Maya Rios. Maya. Right, that's what I was going to do at first, but I realized it was hyphenated. I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> I, I, I could try my hand. Maya Viscarondo. 
Rios? 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 Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they only have the first name in the okay. caption. So, yes. Um, yeah. Um, and Mackenzie Adams. Right. Maya was a ninth grader at a high school in the Bronx. Um, Harry S. Truman High School. Which, that is crazy because I live right next to, well, I don't live there anymore, but my building is right next to Harry, Tru- uh-huh. Harry S. Truman. I went to school in that area too, mm-hmm. so... And Maya, she was a fourth grader, actually, in Alabama. Let me see if I can find the city. Linden, Alabama. Um, So Maya was nine. And uh, I'm sorry, Mackenzie was nine. Yeah. Maya was was ninth grader, so 14, 15. Yeah, Yeah, 14. Um, Basically, though synopsis of it is Maya was being bullied in school um she was being bullied terribly she was telling her her teachers the principal her family the family came to the school and nothing was done um unfortunately Maya ended up committing suicide uh one morning and you know it was oh my gosh by her Mm -hmm. building basically so she lived in co-op yeah I think Somewhat, yeah, because yeah. it's a 34 story. Listen, so she lived in co op. She jumped, and her father was home when it yeah, happened. Yeah. But she he jumped. didn't know that she was still at home. Yeah. Because she jumped from the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is co op. Um, Ain't nobody, there's no other area of the Bronx that, that has, has like 35 stories. 35 stories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, um, and unfortunately, young Mackenzie, she committed suicide at her. In her own home, by hanging herself, mm-hmm. um, she was being bullied a lot. <clears throat> her family reports that she herself was going to teachers and the principal, and they had made reports regarding her bullying and needing help to like kind of you know mm-hmm. stop it. Of course, mm-hmm. um, the school is, however, saying that there were no reports made. Um, we don't know the truth of it but the matter the truth of the matter is they were both being bullied um i would have to say of course it has to be depression Mm -hmm. um you can't just wake up one day and just be like oh yeah i'm gonna do this these two young ladies faced bullying and they didn't get the help that they They needed they needed or should have gotten, especially from people that are watching this. For Maya specifically, I feel like because there were reports and the fact that the family themselves can sue mm-hmm. right now, because that's what they're in the process of doing, suing the system, there had to be something on file. And right. no one was there for this girl. Yep. And unfortunately, uh, prior to a little bit before, I think, right, Mary? Uh, she was sexually assaulted yeah. on at the school itself the school, by two, two which guys. she reported as well so the day uh, apparently it's the yeah it's either the day prior to or the day of she was forced by two boys to perform oral sex uh behind an unsupervised uh auditorium which yeah. truman has basically i think one huge auditorium yeah. uh-huh. and so and that as far as i know when i was in middle school that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back yeah and so she she was allegedly still wearing her book bag when she yeah she committed yeah um not committed but when she um decided to take her own life um i honestly feel like this the whole system the teachers principal 
she was failed. Like they failed her. Both there should be no reason. Yep. This ninth grader, she wasn't even an adult. This ninth grader mm-hmm. has so much going on, so much bullying going on at school that even coming home after school, she couldn't even like shut it off. That like, that was constantly in her head. Mm-hmm. But she felt like the only reprieve would have been to take her life. Listen, that should never happen. Listen, um, like you said, in definitely in the case of Maya, it angers me. Both Maya and Mackenzie anger me. Mackenzie because she was so young and she took her own life. Mm-hmm. The situation with Maya angers me even more is because she spoke up consistently. So I, I do want to correct something. She didn't actually tell her parents. No, she told the guidance counselor, though. Yeah, she didn't actually yeah. tell her parents what was happening. She just mm-hmm. said that she was struggling with school. Oh. She didn't said that she was being bullied. She had just told her parents that she was just struggling with classes mm. uh, but yes right she when, did, she, when she reached out to her guidance counselor completely worthless her guidance counselor was completely worthless in this situation because there could have been so many more safety precautions that were put into place her guidance counselor as a guidance counselor one should have reached out to her parents two she should have put some kind of check in on her Mm -hmm. so to speak to make sure that she was checking in into classes um you know she was keeping on top of her work she was where she was supposed to be because this was a cry for help right and i don't i don't believe even if it was done it wasn't done well yeah yeah it wasn't done well because she still had the opportunity to leave and take her own life right like with her book bag still on let that sink in that means in that moment she made her mind up yep and she did what she needed to do and the parallels of this reminds me so much of the netflix show 13 reasons why and i know for a long time i ran away from the show Mm -hmm. because when we were younger we did have a friend that did commit suicide yeah and i could not understand it for the life of me. Mm-hmm. I did not understand why mm-hmm. someone could do what I deemed to be something so selfish. Yeah. But watching the show 13 Reasons Why, it really takes you through the steps of everything that happened mm-hmm. and you're seeing like, wow, so many people failed her mm-hmm. in the largest ways and the smallest ways. Right. Like the day she decided to go home and take her own life in the show, she was in her guidance counselor's mm-hmm. office. Yeah. And she was asking for help. Mm-hmm. And in the in her narrating the what was happening back, mm-hmm. she was like, if this person did not say this at this point in time, that's all that it took. And I made up in my mind that I was gonna go home and do this. Mm-hmm. And the guidance counselor did nothing. And she went straight home. Right. And she took her own life. Right. But it really shines a light on the thought process mm-hmm. behind it because I feel like a lot of us struggle behind the thought process like yeah this person was being bullied yeah they reported it yeah they did this but the thought process of leading up to that yeah is always a cry for help yeah honestly and these two young girls were completely failed like when I tell you failed Mackenzie Adams like students were telling her to kill herself just die 
just because she was hanging out with a white family because a white family used to take her to school. Mm-hmm. And they, it's crazy. We're in 2019, but that's still a problem. <laughs> Yeah. Let me disclaimer. Let somebody's little snot nosed, mm. shitty ass kid tell my kid to kill themselves. I fight children. <laughs> oh. I <laughs> fight children. That, that is Your child had enough mouth to say that to my child, and my child hits like a motherfucker. Yeah. So yeah. try him if you want to. Right. Okay? I'm just saying. Go ahead. Hey, um, I am. No, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, in regards to Mackenzie. Is there is the uh, parents are they suing? Um, as far as I'm seeing, is there a lawsuit? I should. I've not seen anything yet regarding um, them. <clears throat> excuse me, suing yet, but I know that they are blaming no. the school. Okay, and down to the police, they're saying that her death is the result of bullying. So I'm assuming that they've done extensive like investigation. So it's leading right. to that. So direction. it probably is yeah. leading to that. Um. For the record, um, for Maya, the her parents have a lawsuit filed against the city, mm-hmm. um, the education department, school administrators, and one of the alleged bullies. Hmm. Um, <sighs> um, this is hard because, like, I remember being the, those ages, and at fourteen. When we were 14, mm-hmm. we lost someone to, due to suicide. And that was like, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things, the reason I've, I've been a little bit silent is because on one hand, Mackenzie was so young. And to feel that at that age, that that was the best way <clears throat> to get out of this this thing that she didn't cause on herself that other people caused or did to her it's just heartbreaking um with the maya story i think why i'm so flabbergasted is because you know this is my community i grew up in co-op city Mm -hmm. i knew truman truman was never i i would say this when i was in middle school truman was not a good school unfortunately it's the, one of the many reasons my mother demanded and I demanded to go to the school that I ended up going to. <clears throat> um, and it is sad to me that at 26, mm-hmm. it takes a child killing herself to maybe disrupt the complacency mm. that has been existing in that school for so many years because I remember being in middle school and people were bringing guns to Truman Mm. and that's why they had to get um, metal detectors. Mm -hmm. I remember someone killed someone at that school or someone had committed suicide at the school at a young age. I remember it being a bad thing. Like Truman had this bad aura. Mm. Like you didn't want to technically, like my parents would never let me go to Truman and I I was zoned for that school. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to see and know that this family, and, and it's sad because it's happened in, like, I, for those of you that don't know, there have been suicide, not attempts, but actual fourth, like it came, it mm-hmm. happened in co-op. Because in co-op city in the Bronx, their highest building goes up to 33. Mm-hmm. So 
it has happened where people have jumped off balconies and people's mm. bodies have been found in co-op. It's not news mm-hmm. to a certain degree. It's sad, but it's not news. But to see that it is, 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 it is a child who's 14 years old, she was subjected to five months of bullying and to take it to the point of sexual assault. It should have never And happened. to have a, a school that they are, yes, bombarded with a number of kids, but to know that none of the administrators did anything about it, grief counselors didn't do anything about it, and that's not new. As a person who lived nearby, I know it wasn't new. I've mm-hmm. had friends that have gone to that high school, and I could, it's not that they've ever said it to me, mm-hmm. but just even listening to them, I'm like, they don't give a shit about y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, like, you'll get lucky if you get some real people in your life at that school that care about you. They don't care about you, you're another number. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, th- that it had to get to this point for somebody to die just angers me. And she's a child. She didn't live. She hasn't lived yet. And she's, and her and her life is done. That is, like, if it was my kid, I would be worse than these parents. Yep. I'm suing everybody I can sue. And I'm fighting y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have some real fists. Like, like Mary said, I will hit you. I will hit your teenage child because your teenage child had enough strength to tell my child to commit some sexual act to them. Oh, I'm fucking you up. force her into doing it. I'm fucking you up. I'm fucking your parents up. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking all your family up and I'm suing you. I'm gonna fuck you up and I'm gonna sue you because you had all that adult in you to do that shit. Because I kids. Yup. Period. It's like, I mean, it's like, it had, for both of them, it was last year, mm-hmm. but we're now like fully getting the 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 the, the news in, in coverage, yeah. sense. and I'm just because I had no idea. I you guess know, it's now because families are now speaking up for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they didn't get the justice that was due them. Right, and it, it's so crazy because I felt for the longest time ever that Truman needed to be shut down. Yeah, it's the only school. Um, it's one of the few schools that has problems that yeah. wasn't turned into a full campus. Yeah, like you, they had some campuses, like it's kind no, of no, it's it has camp, but like you know how like Evander turned yeah. into a complete campus. campus. It's not its own school anymore, mm-hmm. and I think Roosevelt now is like that. Mm-hmm. Like we have had a lot of those schools. Truman, I felt this for a very long time. Truman needed to be shut down. My brother went to Truman for a very short period of time. Um, and I kid you not, the day my mother picked him up from school and decided that she was putting him back in private school, he was walking with someone and they got stabbed in the eye. Mm-hmm. The day we picked him up, and it Truman was, was not, it's, not like, it's always been bro. the worst school and it turns, on that side of the Bronx, yeah. I should say. On that side of the Bronx, yeah. it's always been the worst school. And I, it, to me, this is like, Damn, y'all, y'all still ain't get it together yet? Listen, no, come on now. And they're not even trying. That's that's what it is. Like they they've made not to say that they aren't trying, but they've made they've made very minuscule moves yeah. to make it better. Yeah. Very microscopic moves to make it better. Because I, didn't they shut down Columbus? Was they did. Co- Columbus was completely, completely shut, shut down. down. See, what was and that trend? was the worst school on that right. side of the Bronx. What it is is like there was a trend of turning like bad schools. Excuse me, turning bad schools, and I'm going to use quotation marks, <clears> but <throat> it's literally what it is. Especially in the Bronx, in our areas and areas around us, they would turn them into campuses mm-hmm. instead oh. of keeping it as like One this is school. the school it's that this is this this has the school of such and such and they were always very specific like aerospace school yeah um law like they did that, like they did that in Brooklyn. so they would instead of shutting down the complete 
cool it's that it was now remade into something else Mm -hmm. truman never was shut down they added maybe two or three schools but truman was always still truman and the thing about truman is that truman is 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 a staple so Mm -hmm. they it's very hard to remove and just to make it into a campus but so many things have happened in our New York City schools. And I can only talk from the Bronx because I am from the Bronx, but there are so many things happening in these public schools that it baffles my mind because it's just like, do people just not care anymore? Like, do we just, are we just okay with some of these things? And then again, this little itty bitty fourth grader in Alabama. I feel like Trey, they need better training. It just, it just like blows my mind because I've experienced bullying. I'm not going to say I never experienced mm-hmm. bullying in New York. I did. Middle school was really where I felt it and understood. But in my head, that was never an option. An option. Yeah. It was but, never an option. And I just, I just, I have to say this. Um, before we started recording, I was talking to Kim about this and I mistakenly said, I want to know what it is about these public schools that it's this is only happening in public schools. Right. Kim enlightened me that, you know, it's really not only happening in public schools, but for the majority of times it is a public school. Yeah. What the hell is it about public education that drives these kids to think that like, what is in the curriculum? What what is it? It's not, what, it's not like, curriculum. What it's not is curriculum. it? It's not what? curriculum. I feel like they're not like, getting the training that they're, they're that they're supposed to, or they're yeah. not taking that training seriously. Yeah. And in private school, I think to a certain degree, parents are a little bit more involved because it's because you pay more money. <laughs> you're paying. Like you're you're. You're paying that's every fact. month. That's a fact. Every so, month you got a bill. Right, so, that's a fact. You're, you're kind of checking in more with them. Right. The teachers care more, of course, because it's like, you know, the parents are more involved. Yeah. Right. So I really think it comes down to training yeah. for these teachers, counselors, principals, everybody that these kids come into contact with, whether or not you're a contract teacher or mm-hmm. someone that's there permanently. Like, right. I feel like training straight across the board needs to be better yeah right. this can't keep happening these are kids these, these are, are children. children they haven't even lived their life half yet. of a life you right. know and i mean like we we grew up with 9-11 mm-hmm. you know 9-11 happened when we were eight years old yeah 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 and then there was the virginia tech incident yeah and columbine I was, i'm gonna be honest with you the virginia tech incident has always been a thing for me in my head yep like even like no we shade like sixth or seventh grade when that happened no shade to anybody i went to high school with but i saw some of y'all and I would be like, you know, I'm gonna be really nice to, to you, you because should you ever, if you ever, and should you ever, and yeah. I feel like they were also bullied. I don't, I never participated in that, but they were also bullied. Yeah. And I'm like, should you, you ever? I should want a text you ever? I'm like, to come to school. Thanks. I'm like, hey, hey, hey remember, that's I was good. your friend. Yeah, that's a fact. Like, you I know, because you I was actually fearful of that in that way. That yeah, it could I really. And like now we see real school shootings mm-hmm. in these small, little, itty bitty schools. Like mm-hmm. these are kids coming in with guns, have 
access to guns mm-hmm. and are coming in with guns and are killing people. Mm-hmm. It's like <clears throat> I thought Virginia it's Tech insane. would have been the biggest thing, but it wasn't. And it then just to keeps be in high, like college was when I was just like, where are all these school shootings coming yeah. from? Why are they happening? It's like it's a it's an all encompassing thing. Thing, yeah. Like it's if it's not suicide, it's school shootings. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be fearful that my brother's gonna go to school and not come home the next day because somebody either took his life or he was bullied so much that he took his own. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for him. You know what I mean? He's 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 a special kid. He is he's autistic. He sees the world a lot differently than most. And I don't want anyone to take that view away from him. Mm-hmm. Do you know what or I that mean? That innocence from him, tainted. It's just so like, like these kids. Like mm-hmm. I just again don't want to have kids in this era because it's it's so insane because in high school i was always in my principal's office not for anything bad but just chatting to him yo what's up mr so-and-so what you doing you bored today like to know that i always had those open doors or felt like i always had those open doors so many kids don't have that for sure so many kids don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and some parents were mad that you know children felt um how should i say this so buddy buddy mm-hmm. with the the faculty at my high school but it's like you guys also have to remember that we see them every we, day we see them every single day and mm-hmm. to feel this comfortable to talk to them is a blessing right. for you guys right. is an absolute blessing right and right. i pray so much especially because my child is entering into kindergarten that you know they will start to put laws into place against this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So we just have to keep our loved ones prayed up. Yeah, right. right. So my, my love and condolences to the families that these this, is have, this has affected to those that we've mentioned and not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, this has been a heavy show. Heavy yeah. topic, this is heavy, a heavy show. show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yep, we appreciate you guys. Um... I don't think is there any that's it yeah I, mean, I, I don't have a somber happy way to, right. yeah, to end this but see you guys next week yeah stay tuned <laughs> for our next episode yep bye bye, bye.